Like Mrs. Doubtfire said, help is on the way, dear, potentially for the Denver Broncos this week as they could be getting some key players back from injury. Plus, what do they need to do to beat the New York Jets? Well, you're going to get all that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a big week in Broncos country as former head coach Nathaniel Hackett comes to town. There's some bad blood, awful reference there considering the Taylor Swift stuff that's going on right now at the NFL here. But Broncos country, welcome to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much once again to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor. They haven't done so already. We're closing in on 11,000 subscribers on YouTube. Subscriber, follow down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, and more every single day all year long. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Now, while there is bad blood here this week between the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets, considering some of Sean Payton's offseason training camp comments here, everything comes to a blow here in week five. Now, obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers this week and obviously for this season for the Jets, that was something that was highly anticipated. But I think we can all say here, Sarah, after uh, seeing how the NFL has kind of formulated the last four weeks, at least the NFL didn't flex this game into prime time, considering where both teams are at right now. Right. And at least the Denver Broncos are not, you know, getting a welcome to New York, Cody. You want to be playing this game at home, right? And it's certainly not a not a love story between Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett as you know Hackett comes back to the Mile High City. But man, I mean, certainly we've seen that those kind of comments and negativity, the calling out of the coaching last year, that's really not Nathaniel Hackett's style. I'm sure never in his wildest dreams did he think that he would be hearing those kind of things said about how many Taylor Swift references do you want me to drop here, Cody? I could keep going all day. I, I've, I've got a full library uh, but no, in all seriousness, very <laughs> excited to see this matchup finally unfold. And yes, I do have a full library of Taylor Swift song track titles in my brain. But the Denver Broncos, Cody, offensively, they look like a completely different unit than we saw last year when Nathaniel Hackett was calling the shots. And this year, they're going up against Hackett in a very different way. Obviously, we'll talk about the defense versus the offense later on, but offensively you're going up against Robert Sala and that Jets defense which has been extremely good pretty much ever since he took over Broncos have struggled with Sala's defense I mean you could go back to Seattle when he was coaching there you could look at the 49ers remember remember the game where I think it was Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard came in for the 49ers and beat the Broncos they, they were in a must-win situation Robert Sala you see him on the sideline you know flexing those big muscles he's got ever since I, I I've I feel like every time the Broncos have played against this guy, they've struggled badly. But the Broncos offense has an opportunity to keep some things rolling here in week five at home. You mentioned how aggressive that Jets defense is. I mean, you talk about the guys that they have, Quincy Williams, CJ Mosley, obviously Sauce Gardner, who had uh, you know, his hands full of some Cortland Sutton jerseys last year. Uh, for you know the the matchup that they had there, I, what week was that? By the way, I think that was a little early on in the season, if I'm not mistaken, week six or something along the lines there. But yeah, uh, yeah. they're going to have to figure out how to be in a situation offensively where there's just balance and sustainability, right? As we know, there's not a lot of confidence right now in Denver's defense. So one of the things we've talked about 
can Denver, if they win the opening coin toss, which they're undefeated in so far, can they just take the ball to start, go down and try to score, get some momentum versus, okay, if you know the defense isn't going to get a stop and you might trail 7 nothing here early on, you can't really commit to running the football. And that, I think, has been an issue for Denver so far through the first part of the season here. So I think another thing that we've talked about in terms of our keys for Denver this week and how they can maybe avoid shooting themselves in the foot is no pre-snap penalties. Denver had six penalties on the offensive side of the ball last week against the Chicago Bears. Five of them, if I'm not mistaken, were false starts. And then you had one holding call on Adam Troutman in that game. So don't get behind the sticks. And also, I think another thing we got to touch on here, Sarah, is what has been the trend so far for this team, and this has just trickled down from offense to defense, not so much on the special team side, but do not let one negative or bad play halt your momentum entirely. Denver's going to have to find a way to overcome that. They did that last week, luckily, against the Bears, but can't make some of those same mistakes here against the Jets, and especially that aggressive defense that they do have. I mean, Whitehead at safety, he plays like a heat-seeking missile. They have a really good defensive line. Obviously, Jermaine Johnson, who you and I in the pre-draft process couple years ago, we were like, hey, the Broncos got to find a way to get this guy. I mean, they are loaded right now defensively, and this is going to be where, you know, it's you got to see this team respond in a way. And look, the offense for Denver has not been the issue. We've acknowledged that, but it's going to be a tough test. And unfortunately, you know, we're, we're all hoping here staying. Hopefully the Broncos defense doesn't let the offense down here once again. Right. And I would say you're exactly right on that, Cody. The offense hasn't been the issue. I think that's uh, when you put it that way, it kind of it. it, it it veils a little bit the the fact that the Broncos offense has to be a little bit more consistent, right? I think we've been discussing that in terms of, hey, they, you can't just put things together at a certain time of the game, right? Or there can't be these drive-killing penalties like you're talking about getting behind the sticks. And I think one way that they're going to be able to maybe get ahead of the game against the Jets defense a little bit is to really mitigate their pass rush and don't let the pass rush win early on in this game. Now, of course, we all want to see the Broncos be able to run the ball, but the Jets, they have a very stout defensive front. They've got guys who fly to the ball. So I wouldn't necessarily be expecting to be able to run for 150, 200 yards in this game. I think you are going to have to rely on Russell Wilson in the passing attack to to kind of bring things you know, up for this offense, kind of raise the, the boats in the harbor, so to speak. And if that passing game is being relied upon, you have to make sure the Jets pass rush isn't feasting from the very first snap of this game. You have to mitigate the pass rush, get the ball out quickly, make sure your guys are getting open in this, you know, the coverage that the Jets provide. We've seen you watch Sunday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs. They made it hard for Mahomes to find any windows out there. So. There, this is a situation where if you let the pass rush feast early on, you play right into the Jets' hands offensively where they're going to want to run the ball a lot. So I think the Broncos need to mitigate that pass rush early on. Well, and you're going to see a lot of press man-to-man coverage here from this New York Jets team as well. And that's like they, they know that, hey, we have confidence in our stunt packages and our ability to lock up and get hands-on receivers at the line of scrimmage. And the ball has to be out quickly. And that's going to be a challenge this week here for Denver. I'm very curious to see how Sean Payton looks to mitigate some of those issues that we might see on Sunday, especially that the Jets defense provides, especially as what you mentioned, what we saw on Sunday Night Football. I mean, Mahomes did not look good. I mean, in the first quarter, he looked good. The rest of the game, he looked rough. And the Jets defense did a really good job of making things difficult for him. And obviously, he, he had a couple of spots there. But uh, aside from all that Broncos country, we're going to continue our conversation as well. What do you think the Broncos offense needs to do against the Jets defense in order to come away with a victory here 
on Sunday. He'll let us know. We're going to talk about what the defense needs to do against the Jets offense. You're going to get all that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's episode of Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at eBay Motors. And our partners at eBay Motors, they've teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Take a look at the Broncos-Jets matchup here in Week 5. New York Jets running back Brees Hall. He's had a tough season so far with his limited usage in a struggling Jets offense, but his explosive 56-yard rushing game on only six carries against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 4 is great foreshadowing for his best game of the season, potentially. When the Jets blow through Denver in Week 5, look for Hall to fly a mile high with his speed and explosiveness. Last season, he had a 62-yard rushing touchdown against Denver before tearing his ACL. But he's back, and he's healthy, and he's ready to go. The Broncos' defense right now, they are falling apart against the run, especially against faster backs. So expect Brees Hall to go off to help the Jets try to get a much-needed road win on Sunday against a Broncos defense that has allowed over 521 rushing yards in the last two games. If you're in fantasy football, Brees Hall is a guaranteed fit for your roster here. And Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. They have brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors, they have it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Once again, that's ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What does the Denver Broncos defense have to do against this New York Jets offense, which found a little bit of life on Sunday Night Football after Going down early against the Kansas City Chiefs, we're going to discuss that and some maybe some individual things to look out for here. But before we go any further, I want to give a huge shout out and say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as on YouTube, where you can watch Cody and I and participate in the discussion in the YouTube comment section. We so appreciate all you everydayers out there and can't thank you enough for being part of this show with us. We love it. We love engaging with you, and we're grateful to be able to do this every single day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And Cody, as the New York Jets and Nathaniel Hackett and his offense come in to the Mile High City, I think there's some obvious keys for the Denver Broncos as we talk about, hey, what is the what do you got to do to match up well or to maybe gain an advantage against this Jets offense? I think there's some obvious answers out there for the Broncos, but the question is, can they get the job done? Well, that's the that's the big question here, right? Because Tua Tungavailoa was efficient against him, and rightfully so. He's playing some of the best football of his career with the Miami Dolphins. Justin Fields at one point in the Chicago game was 23 of 24 passing. And, you know, look, Zach Wilson, I think in a big moment on Sunday night football with all the, the controversy, like the New York market was 
beating him up and essentially like Joe Namath was like, this guy's terrible. You look at what Rodney Harrison was saying on the Sunday night football thing. Zach Wilson came out and he proved that he belongs in the NFL. He's athletic. And let us not forget, Zach Wilson ran circles last year around the Broncos defense. And that was when the Broncos defense was pretty good last season. So, you know, I, I think that there are some fans out there that are overlooking what the Jets can do because they've had their own offensive struggles. But Man, I think you can't look at this Jets team. You can't look at the personnel they have around them. Even with Zach Wilson at quarterback, and look, he's taking strides. He's a young guy. He's developing. You can't overlook a team like this because they'll come and smack you in the mouth here. And I, I think for the one thing you have to do against Zach Wilson, I mean, Sarah, it's tough because you have to pressure him, right? And this is where the Broncos defensive line, the interior, I'm talking Zach Allen, DJ Jones, Jonathan Harris, I wonder if we're going to see a position, like not a position change, but a lineup change at defensive end. Jonathan Harris hasn't been getting it done here for Denver, but that unit needs to be able to get pushed because you know what it does? It makes things easier for guys on the outside like Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, those guys coming off a big performance against the Bears here. But those guys will have more opportunities to do the same exact stuff if the interior defensive line can shed their blocks, create pressure, and, and not make it easy for Zach Wilson to sit there and deliver because he's also – Sunday Night Football, he was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. So I think one of the major keys is obviously pressuring Zach Wilson. We haven't seen Denver do too much of that. And obviously with the coverage that we've seen Denver play defensively with their corners, everyone playing soft and off, that right there I think is a major concern for me because well, you'll see Zach Wilson throw those quick, the quick hitches, the curls, the outs. You'll see him hit those all day if Denver doesn't adjust. So there's got to be some balance. There's got to be some press coverage here for Denver, but a lot of it will start with pressuring Zach Wilson and making sure you keep contained because he is elusive. He can take it and he can hurt you with his legs as well. He can Cody. And I think, you know, forcing incompletions, like you mentioned is going to be critical. If he does get the ball out quickly, maybe we do see a little bit more press coverage. Hopefully we see a little bit less of the cushion from Vance Joseph's defense this week, because look, the Broncos just aren't forcing incompletions by the opposing quarterback. Listen to this stat, Cody, over the last two weeks, Justin Fields, Tua Tagovailoa, they have had a combined 10 incomplete passes. And that's not even just, that's not even forced incompletions by the Denver Broncos secondary. That's just 10 incomplete passes. You've got a Hail Mary from Justin Fields factored in there. You've got a, maybe a throwaway or two. But look, the Broncos secondary is simply not forcing incompletions. And yes, injuries have played a role in that. We haven't had Justin Simmons out there the last two weeks. Kwan Williams, we'll talk about him a little bit more coming up. But man, the secondary in general needs to start forcing some more incompletions. Ten incomplete passes over the last two weeks. That allows offenses that you're playing against just to be way too balance and dynamic if you're not forcing incompletions in the passing game man you are not getting off the field on third down you're giving up at umpteen touchdowns you know in the last two games of 14 total right so it's just unacceptable from the Denver Broncos defense to not be out there making plays on the ball and they have to figure out how to put the DBs in position to be able to do that well, and another thing that the Jets will do that, you know, they've struggled getting going this season, which as we've talked about, anything that teams have struggled at getting right, they get right against the Denver Broncos. And that is their rushing attack. They haven't had the balance and consistency that they've been looking for so far to start the season, especially once they added Dalvin Cook to the mix. But let us not forget Brees Hall last year. He, unfortunately, he tore his ACL against the Denver Broncos. But before he did that, he had a 62-yard touchdown run that just blew by the Broncos' defense when they were good. So you have to limit the damage that the Jets can do on the ground in the rushing department. In the last two weeks, Sarah, here's a number that's just going to blow your mind. 
the Broncos have allowed 521 rushing yards to two teams here in totality. Not, not to mention, I mean, here's a statistic that's going to make your head explode even more here. In the last two weeks, the Broncos defense has allowed over 1,000 yards of offense, and they were just a couple of points shy from allowing 100 points in two games. So uh, you look at a team that's struggling right now in the New York Jets. Obviously, they're trending in the right direction, and Sean Payton even acknowledged that this week. They're a much better football team than their record really indicates here, and it's going to be a challenge here for the Broncos, but you're going to have to figure out a way to eliminate the, you know, if it's first down, you can't be allowing a seven-yard run, making it second and three. Like Denver has struggled with that, or they've just allowed a, a 12 or 15-yard run on first down anyways. That's given them a new set of downs, and you have to be able to capitalize. Like one thing you're going to see Zach Wilson try to do early is go to his guys like Garrett Wilson, who's become his favorite target. He's a ridiculously talented wide receiver, and we haven't seen Vance Joseph really move Patrick Sertan around the field. Like Patrick Sertan has kind of stayed at that left cornerback spot. Damari stayed at the right cornerback spot. And we haven't seen that follow the number one receiver thing, which has been mind blowing to me. You cannot do it every play. I want to tell fans that you can't do it every play. I understand that, but you got to at least do something different at times. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. I hope we see that change this week here from Vance Joseph. But I mean, Sarah, if Denver's going to find a way to buckle down, they're going to have to account for Garrett Wilson. Look, Dalvin Cook out, you know, out of the backfield as a rusher. You even talk about Michael Carter. I mean, they have three backs that are very capable of hurting you in this game. And then, hey, at tight end, we've seen tight ends go off. Cole Komet went off for two touchdowns last week. They have C.J. Uzama, who caught a touchdown this past week. They just have, I think, also Tyler Conklin, if I'm not mistaken. They have dudes that can produce here, and it's not like they're – uh, lacking weapons. We haven't even seen McCole Hardman play much here for the New York Jets this season, but they got talented dudes at the receiver position. And to me, it is a little worrisome for this, considering the trend of where the Broncos defense has been. And I know Zach Allen has come out and said that he feels like they're going to turn it around, but Sarah, there really hasn't been anything on the tape to give us. And I think Broncos fans, any optimism of believing that's going to come true anytime soon. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, like we talked about, I mean, uh, unless you want to talk about phantom holding calls, like you, you just have to overcome certain things, right, for this Denver Broncos defense. And you just can't allow the Jets to dictate the pace of this game. If you do that, you're going to get into real trouble because obviously the Broncos defense, their number one goal is to get the ball back to the offense as quickly as possible. Right. And, and if you're constantly getting gashed on the ground or giving up wide open plays to tight ends, your offense is obviously going to have less possessions and you're going to have less opportunity to, you, you can't expect to come back from being down 28 to seven every single week. You can't expect the offense no. to dig you out of big holes every week. If the offense goes out and gets you a seven to zero lead, you got to do your best to help them get that to 14 to zero, right? Get that ball back to them quickly and don't let up. So hopefully as we're going to discuss, hopefully some of these guys that are eligible to come back in week five against the Jets are able to come back and maybe get that defense to that next level that they're trying to get to. Help could be on the way, dear, here as we quote Mrs. Doubtfire once again. The Broncos could be getting several key players back from injury, not just guys who are on the active roster, but guys who may be on PUP and injured reserve. We'll talk about that, maybe what that may look like for the Broncos this week. And you're going to get all that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like, you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead 
of against yourself here. BetterHelp is great. I've used it here in the past. I've loved how simple it is to sign up on the website or on the app that they have. And it's easy in just minutes. You fill out a form, it connects you to a therapist, and then you can decide if you and your therapist vibe really well. And if not, you can change therapists anytime at no additional cost to yourself. And it's important when you don't have all the answers in life to be able to process and figure out how to get where you need to be in order to be okay going forward. BetterHelp is a great way to do just that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And like I said, switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you don't feel like you're vibing well with that therapist, you'll find the right fit with BetterHelp. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Once again, betterhelp.com slash locked on. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, just a reminder, thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Do us a favor. If you've not yet subscribed or followed this show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, do so right now so you never miss out on daily Broncos conversation every single day, all year long. When the team is good, you're going to get that. When the team is bad, you're going to get that. When the team is awful, you're going to get it even more here as we're going to talk about solution-based things from an objective point of view. You get that here on Lockdown Broncos. But Let's get to, I think, an important point that we want to maybe see come to fruition this week for the Broncos defense. Obviously, as they've been struggling, you can make an argument. Absolutely, injuries have played a role into that here. So let's take a look. There are some players there that have been on IR or the PUP list that are eligible to come off this week. Now, meaning eligible means that they can. If they're ready, they may not come off of it. If they're not ready, who are those players? And let's talk about maybe what they can bring to the table here for Denver if they are brought back. Yeah, nickel cornerback Kwan Williams. He would be Huge. a nice addition to the secondary right now. PJ Locke, the safety, who man, he would be a godsend given this in the injuries at that position, wouldn't he? He's eligible to come off as well. Kwan Williams, Baron Browning is eligible to come off of the PUP as well. Now at the same time, like you mentioned, Cody, these these guys that are playing defense right now are not necessarily going to come back for week five just because they're eligible to come back. We'll kind of have to wait and see. And we know that Sean Payton is very coy about injury updates and things like that. But it does sound like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I was looking at some of your tweets from last week. It does sound like those three guys in particular have been doing work on the side field out at practice, which is much better than, say, not seeing them at all out there on the practice field, I would guess. So that doesn't necessarily mean their timeline is, hey, they're going to play week five. But certainly you've got to feel good about the chances of at least K1 Williams, maybe and PJ Locke. And we'll see with Baron Browning. I, uh, you know, I want to be make sure I'm correct here. I know with PUP, they can activate a window. Baron Browning will have 21 days to either go onto the active roster or if he's not ready in that 21 day window, he'll go on IR for the rest of the season. and will not be eligible to return for the players that are eligible to come off IR. I think don't they have a window as well, like a 21 day window? And it, doesn't the same thing apply? Or is that just for PUP? It's pretty similar. I'm pretty sure I'll have to look because okay. I know the NFL changes those rules every year. Every it feels year. like, but, <laughs> but yeah, it, it does seem like there's a window there. You don't necessarily have to, Hey, this guy's practicing. He's on your 53. I think you do have some time there to kind of see and gauge whether they're ready to come off. 
Well, I think one thing as well, like if these players come off IR, that means that Denver's going to have to make a corresponding roster move. And as we know, the Broncos did sign Traquan Smith to their practice squad here. So you look at where some guys are at, maybe coming off of injury, that might mean, okay, well, if this guy's coming off of an injury, we're going to have to release a couple of players and hope that they clear waivers, bring those guys potentially back on the practice squad, which means you have to maybe shuffle even more players on your practice squad. It is tough, and that's the dilemma when you have so many players that are injured but eligible to return from an IR or a PUP stint. So I'm very curious to see what happens. For example, if the Broncos do, in fact, bring K1 back, do they release Bassey or do they release Jaquan McMillan? Or is it maybe just another position somewhere, like an offensive lineman, and then they go through that whole process? P.J. Locke, Baron Browning. I mean, when when Baron comes back, Sarah, I have questions. Like, I, I'm excited because I think he's going to be able to add a lot here. Does Denver get a little creative here? And maybe this is where you see a shakeup. You have Zach Allen at DN, DJ Jones at D-Tackle, or Mike Purcell at D-Tackle. Do you maybe put a Baron Browning or a Frank Clark at defensive end and have Jonathan Cooper or Nick Benito be your outside edge guys? Can Randy Gregory play some defensive end? Like, how are you going to be able, if you were Sean Payton, Vance Joseph, how are you going to maximize this defense that needs to generate pressure? I mean, they've got to change something up because something hasn't been working on the D-line. I'm very curious about that. I am too. I think you really have to find a way to get your best 11 out there or maybe your best, like, 13 to 15 guys out there as much as possible. It can't just be, well, you know, this guy plays this position anymore because we've seen it. It's not working, right? It's not working with Jonathan Harris out there. It's not working when you put Matt Henningsen out there, Elijah Garcia. I mean, uh, we haven't really seen much of an impact there yet either, although it's limited snaps for him. But I would be very much open to these ideas. Like when Frank Clark, who's another player that's, it's not that he's necessarily eligible to come back. Of course, we're talking about guys that could come off of IR or PUP, but we could also see like Justin Simmons come back, Josie Jewell, Mike Purcell. I mean, there's a lot of different guys that could end up playing. And so it's going to be just a matter of, like you said, the roster gymnastics first and foremost, but getting your best guys out there and kind of just saying, you know, if we have to subject this guy to waivers, that, then so be it. That's what has to be. But then special teams becomes another factor there. Like how big is a guy like Bassey on special teams or Jaquan McMillan? So that that's where I think these things are going to get a little hairy. And it does speak to the fact that, yes, the Broncos have injuries just like every other team, but they're relatively healthy to be able to have discussions that are like, hey, it's going to be tough for them to find roster space for these guys yeah. who went on IR before the season even started. So it does speak to the fact that maybe things aren't as bad this year as they've been in recent years, injury-wise, that you don't necessarily have to, like, you, you don't have an easy, oh, yeah, this he's going to replace this guy who's now taking his spot on IR, right? So they'll take these guys off, and they'll have tough decisions to make. I'm very curious to see what they decide to do. But look, let's say Justin Simmons comes back this week. Now, obviously, the Broncos on Wednesday will return to practice in preparation for Sunday's 2.25 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff against the New York Jets at Empower Field a mile high. Justin Simmons, last week, we saw him return to practice Wednesday and Thursday. He was limited, did position-specific drills. It was a great sight to see. And then he was a DMP on Friday and was like, oh, no, he's back on the side field. Like, that's not good here. So, you know, one thing I've learned here, and to, to my knowledge and understanding, and this is, you can thank the CBS broadcast or the Fox broadcast for really giving this away. As we know, in the uh, in training camp, Justin suffered a groin injury, right? Well, they're listing it. The injury designation is hip. So it's that hip adductor area. So more than likely, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a true hip for Justin Simmons and Josie Jewell. The broadcast have said it's groin for them specifically. And obviously, Frank Clark told us that he tore his groin. He had a grade three t uh, tear in his adductor and his groin. So 
hip, I guess, is groin here. But not, I don't know how long those usually take to heal. And I'm very curious to see if the groin god at this point, Bo Lowry, can get these guys back in the mix here. We'll see where things are at here for the Denver Broncos. And then here, you know, maybe in a week or two, the Broncos also might be eligible to get back Greg Dulcich. I think after the Kansas City Chiefs game on Thursday Night Football, after that, I think he could be eligible to return. He's also been on the side field here. For Denver, but there are a lot of questions here. Mike Purcell would be a big boost back on the defense, in my opinion, at the defensive tackle position. I think he's done a really good job this season in comparison. DJ Jones, you're going to need to see a little bit more out of him. And, you know, I think there's also a question here, Saren. We can maybe go on a little tiny tangent here. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, I know we brought up the idea that if Denver does look at embracing a rebuild or whatever it may be, you know, what do they have to do here? But it, are the Bron- is the Broncos defense as bad to the point where they actually need to do a rebuild right now? Like, I think that's a valid question, and I'm eager to see what Broncos country has to say. I want to get your quick thoughts before we end today's show here. Yeah, I think we want to see these guys with some of these healthy pieces back out there, right? And to determine whether or not, okay, now you see Justin back out there, K1, you see the starters all back out there together for the most part, and maybe things aren't as bad as we expected, or you see the starters all out there and they still struggle. They still give up a bunch of yards and points. And then you can say, well, yeah, it's probably time to move on. So the unfortunate thing is that we've seen these guys all play well when they are healthy, right? Uh, for the most part, especially last year, we saw them play well when these guys were mostly healthy. Now this year, they're not all healthy. They're not all out there on the field together. We're not seeing them play super well. So it's hard for me to say whether full rebuild, but I think definitely Cody looking to maybe uh, shake things up for sure. If things do continue to trend downward, I'll see what you did there. Shake it off. Shake it off here. Broncos country. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the show. We appreciate you so much for rocking with us. You love this episode. This is your first time watching or listening. Hey, who's favorite? Hit that subscribe or follow button so you never miss out. We got you covered every single day, all year long. Lockdown Broncos is the place to be for all your Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more. Without all the sky is falling, doom and gloom. Celebrate wins when they happen. Talk about what went wrong when losses happen. You get all that action here in the show. Broncos country, tomorrow's episode of the show, though, you're going to get Sarah Bettinger sitting down one-on-one with John Butchko, host of the Lockdown Jets podcast for a crossover Thursday episode of the show. Make sure you check it out so you know what's going on with the New York Jets, their perspective on it. You're going to get Sarah's thoughts as well on the Broncos side on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.